Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show, the talk show dedicated to helping Christians buy and sell cars by the book, not the blue book, not the orange book, but by God's book, the Bible. Call the Christian Car Guy with your questions, 1-866-34-TRUTH. That's 1-866-348-7884. What does being a Christian have to do with buying a car? You're about to find out. Here's your host, Robbie Dillmore. How about some Trivial Pursuit Christian Car Guy style? That's what we're talking about today on the Christian Car Guy. You know, ancestry or pedigree or his story, it it tells us much when it comes to buying a car or selling a car. And for that matter, it, it tells us much when we start thirsting for that special Christmas feeling that you can get uh Pedigree has a lot to do that with that, and trivia has something to do that. We're going to be playing that today on the Christian Car Guy Show. So we've got some questions here. We're going to try to stump you, and if you can call in and answer, we've got a wonderful 2014 calendar provided by Ray's Body Shop, our good friend Jerry with Ray's Body Shop, our Christian Body Shop guys here with us today. So we're going to give you your choice of either our NASCAR calendar or a wonderful Christian message faith passages calendar that I, I've got two of those in my office. I've used them for years. So you're going to love it. All you have to do is answer some of these stumpers that we're going to throw out there. Like why did GM General Motors start using vinyl tops in the late 1960s? What was the idea? What was, what was the reasoning behind using those vinyl tops? If you have the answer to that, you could win a calendar. You call us 866-348-788. Eight eight four eight six six three four. Truth, if you're digitally gifted, or how about why? How did Lee Iacocca change the automotive world forever by putting what kind of body on a K car? He put a different kind of body on a K car, changed the automotive world. What was that body? Eight six six three four. We've talked eight. about that a lot over the last few <laughs> years, Robbie. So somebody should be able to get that one. You know, I'm guessing that yeah. it really it changed it changed history 866-348-7884 and here so that i don't have to share my shame by my i mean i just be by myself <laughs> if you call and stump us because one of the other things i want you to do maybe you've got that neat car trivia question you like to stump people with like you know what was the original reason they called the ford mustang a mustang or something that you think is cool you can call and try to stump the christian car guy and his <laughs> able-bodied assistant today Jerry from Ray's Bog, Christian Body Shop guy. Jerry, this is going to be fun. Absolutely. We need him to well, call. Well, you know what? Most of these answers we've talked about, them, so we're going to see if they're real listeners or not have been paying attention. 866-348-7884. What could you stump us with? And, of course, there's a bit of a method to my madness. There's some real um, nuggets that you can glean from understanding the pedigree or some of this trivia understanding the pedigree of a used car. Who was the original owner? What were some of the patterns that you can see in the way they kept the car? All those things. We're going to be talking about that. You may be fascinated if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com to see the bloodline of the Jeep Grand Cherokee. Do you know it started out as a Rambler American wagon? And if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com, you can get an idea of what that bloodline looked like. So, we're going to be talking about all those things today on a Christian Car Guy show and gleaning some stuff. But, of course, we're going to throw in some Christmas trivia for you, and we're going to be looking forward to that. And, of course, we started our new segment on track 
with Andy, and he's going to be he's got a wonderful interview coming up for you at the bottom of the hour with Blake Cook, the NASCAR driver. You're going to want to hear what Blake is doing out there this year as they get ready for this new NASCAR season. And we got a wonderful interview with Blake coming up at 10 at, at the bottom of the hour. Then of course, you know, we've always got our appraisal by the real black book. That's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, cry out for discernment, lift up our voice for understanding. And I am thirsty for some real Christmas wonder this year. Aren't you just, wouldn't you like just wonder this year? Well, I got a little Christmas trivia for people. Who was the one grandfather of Jesus? Because, you know, Joseph's father wouldn't have necessarily been his, he would have been like his step-grandfather, but Jesus had one grandfather. Do you know what his name was? We're going to talk about him today as part of our Christmas trivia, and we can look forward to that today on the Christian Car Guys show, and that's our appraisal by the Real Black Book. And, of course, this is a live show, so we need you to call you can answer either of these questions or call in with your stumper. Why did GM start using vinyl tops in the late 60s? Or how did Lee Iacocca change the automotive world forever by putting a body of what on a K car? 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. And as always, as I mentioned, you can find out all this stuff at ChristianCarGuy.com. There is the uh, very graphic description of what happened with the Grand Cherokee. I think you'd be surprised to see the bloodline of the Grand Cherokee. We may talk about that a bit during the the show. And then, wonderful, Jerry, WXII, our local TV station, did a um, Miracles Among Us special this week on yours truly, the Christian Car Guy. And they did such an amazing job that I, I put a link there. You know, while the other TV stations out there are putting down Duck Dynasty or whatever, our local station here allowed me to say Jesus, showed the Bible on TV. Did you notice that, uh, Jerry? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and they allowed us to glorify our Savior, and so I've got a link there at ChristianCarGuy.com where you can see that um, and I news think it, report. I think it also, what they say, it airs Christmas Day, 12 o'clock. It's going to be uh, 30 minutes of those type of stories. Yeah, yeah, on so WXI Channel 12 here. If you're in the Winston-Salem area or in Greensboro, um, even Lexington, those areas, you, you tune into XII at 12 o'clock on Sunday. They're going to be showing a full half hour of these miracles among us, and they are some powerful stories. Of course, they're a Christian car guy. You can link and watch it immediately or go on track with Andy. You've got Karen Mulder's Wisdom of the Wounded, all those tips for holidays and those, those things in the Jesus Labor Love, free car repair labor for single moms and widows, and podcasts of previous shows. So great news, Jerry. We already have a Riddler for us. <laughs> we got Doug is in Iowa. Well, Doug, you got yes, a, you, you got an answer and you're going to win a calendar. We're very excited. Who was, what did Lee Iacocca put on what, on the K car in order to change the automotive world? Unibody. Wow. Unibody construction. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. And, and, and no doubt that is one of the things that, that, that could be said. And I'm going to say you're a winner because I, I, Jerry, there you go. Unibody's a huge Unibody, deal. huge difference. Made a huge impact in the automotive industry for safety, for gas mileage, for construction of the vehicle. I mean, it just changed. Uh, you're right. You're a winner. Very, well, thank you. Very good, Doug. If you got any stumpers for us now, you know, it's only fair play that if you think you know something, it, it probably wouldn't be that hard to stump us, but you can. Just <laughs> <laughs> be easy on us. Since it's obvious you know something about cars. Well, I d- 
I don't know very much, but I have a Ford Mus a Ford uh, Festiva 1993 that I'm having an issue with it. Did a 1993, I won't take up any time here, but did a 1993 Ford Festiva have a, have a, a warm speed idle and a cold speed idle? I changed the distributor on it. It quit running and I changed the distributor. And now I have an issue where when it comes off of fast idle to operating temperature idle, slow speed, It'll barely, uh, it's just not uh, running fast enough. Anyway, that's my question. I don't know if you can work that into the show or, but anyway, I'm looking for an answer to that. Yeah, the the easy answer to that is yes. Um, any kind of, with electronics of the vehicle, it sounds like it's going to be an electrical problem with electronics where it's not reading when the temperature comes up and it switches over. It's not getting a good impulse and not getting uh, a good reading. But yeah, that, you know, that, that sort of replaced electronics replace the old manual throttle um, chokes in the carburetors and stuff, and those were always just a, a, a major problem. But, yep, that's probably your problem. And so, yeah, it's still it's it's starting. It's still running too rich, and, and there is some type of a sensor or something, and that is not going to be an easy one to fix, no doubt. Uh, but maybe somebody who has a 93 Ford Fiesta out there is listening who's been down this road that may can help today, Doug. And we'll ask, them, so we'll ask them to call in. 866-348-7884 is the number. That maybe you can help out Doug. You know exactly what his situation may be. You've been down that road. You know, it's amazing to me how many times, Jerry, we'll have a situation like that, and somebody will call in, and uh, and they'll have the answer. Well, I'm going to throw out another trivia question since somebody got the unibody, but I was thinking about something else. So if you got another answer... <laughs> Robbie always has multiple answers. I always do. <laughs> if you have another answer about what Lee Iacocca put on the K car, we'd love to hear that. 866-348-7884. He did a lot with that K car chassis, if you think about it, uh, that, that changed things. But also, what vehicle out there did Ricardo Monobon make famous by mentioning rich Corinthian leather? How about that one? 866-348-7884. Seven eight eight four, Ricardo Montalban, rich Corinthian leather. Eight six six three four. Truth. We're playing car trivia pursuit, and we're going to be on track with Andy. We got so much stuff. And what was Jesus' grandfather's name? Stay tuned. So much coming up. We are playing Trivial Pursuit today on the Christian Car Guy Show. Thank you so much for listening today. We are out there to try to stump and be stumped. The questions we're throwing out there, and again, we got these wonderful 2014 calendars we'll send your way if you can call in and answer one of these questions or stump us. Either way, we're, we're wide open for whatever you may have. The questions that we're asking are, why was the vinyl top added by General Motors in the in the early sixties, late fifties. What was what was the reasoning behind that? And the other one still being what why was the uh, or what did Lee Iacocca add to the K car platform that changed the automotive world? And we had one great answer to that, which was Unibody. That was huge. But then the last question we just asked was about rich Corinthian leather. 
Which vehicle did Ricardo Audubon just taunt all the way through? If you remember Fantasy Island, <laughs> you can still see him saying, Rich Corinthian leather. And it sold a lot of these kind of cars. 866-348-7884. And we are, there's a method to our madness. We're going to be talking that in a minute. But first we got Andy is in New Canton, Virginia. He knows about this vinyl top thing. Andy, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning. What? I think it was... I think it was offered because it's for the customer that couldn't afford a convertible, and they put the vinyl top on it. It made look made your automobile look like you had a convertible. It was fancy, no doubt, and and it had that extra bit of bling to it that 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 people uh, jumped on. But I'm gonna share with you, Andy, on this particular set because my father worked for Buick, and I know what, what the, the real reason underneath it was, and and to say underneath it would be a, a play on words because. The stamps were so old in General Motors plants that there were a lot of flaws in the roofs. And by putting yeah. a vinyl top on it, it covered the... You can't put paint over a flaw, can you, Jerry? No, hon. <laughs> but you can put vinyl, a big, thick vinyl top over it, and you can't tell that those stamps were wearing out. <laughs> well, I was going to go with that answer. I was going to go with that answer, but I, I remember my daddy worked in auto body all those years for uh, Chevrolet and Chrysler dealers, and... He told me about that, but I also remember the salesman out there on the floor said, you know, the guy that wants a car that looks like it has a convertible top, he there can buy know. this one with a vinyl top, and he's he driving down. When you pass it by uh, and you see it driving by, you say, well, hey, is that a convertible? Is that does that have a vinyl top? Yeah, you know, I know on the sales floor, very I mean, Robbie <laughs> used that one. I mean, it looked like a convertible, all this beautiful stuff about the vinyl top. I, Robbie, how many times you tell them about all the flaws under the vinyl top? I mean, yeah. <laughs> but those vinyl Just tops, saying. they could cover a lot of, of stuff, couldn't they, Jerry? You 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 you, you uncovered yeah, a few of those. Yeah, even even you know in the in the the repair industry in the used car market, when people would buy vehicles with top damage, they would always put a vinyl top on it. And if it's a lot of damage or rust, they'd put the padded top so you had that Landale <laughs> big fluffy top. Yeah, it's amazing what they could get done. So, yeah. I, that's... I don't have another answer for you on the uh, unibody thing, but I will tell you something that you might not know or you might probably do know. Okay. You know that Iacota, he came up with the idea of the Ford Mustang. Ford really didn't want to use that, but he's the one that initiated that, and that's where the Ford Mustang got their start. You are exactly right, Andy. That is such a huge thing. And there's a great deal of wisdom that can be gleaned from what he did because truly American manufacturers had really struggled to build a small car that would sell or, for that matter, be a decent car. <laughs> you know, you remember the Corvair, and we had we had all these issues. But when, all right, uh, when can, Ford, I, can I interject one little thing here? Yeah. Okay. I've got a trivia question for you. I wrote right. an article. I uh, read an article some years ago. Now, in 1955, Chrysler came out with a car that could have competed with Corvette and Thunderbird, and it was called the Falcon. See if anybody remembers what that car looked like because it had a unique grill on it that an automobile of the day has right today. Well, you st- are you stumped me? How about you, Jerry? It was unique. That's all I can say. Unique. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What was it, Andy? It was it was a grill that looks like the BMW uses. Oh wow! That yeah, you know I have seen that. I've seen the. Uh, in fact, 
I used to, <laughs> a friend of mine, a salesman gave me that, now that you mentioned it, I had the, I have that model car in my basement right now. And I, I, I forget the name of it, but that's helpful. God bless you, Andy. I appreciate you calling in so much today. Thank you. All right. You have a blessed day and have a Merry Christmas. You too. All right. Well, we got Alan is in Indiana, it looks like. Floyd's Knob, Indiana. Alan, you're on the Christian Car Guys show. What have you got for us? Well, I was listening about your K-Car uh, with Lee Iacocca and how he changed the world. I think he put the minivan body on that uh, design, and uh, the Chrysler minivan, I believe, was like the original. Well, that was, and, and that's another one of his absolutely brilliant things that he did, uh, Alan. You're exactly right. That was what I was originally thinking. <coughs> that, okay. That it was the minivan. Uh, you know, you took that body that the K car was on and you put on the minivan, and the next thing you know, Chrysler went into a whole new era of of sales, and it, that minivan did more for saving Chrysler than I think anybody would ever know. But there's another thing that, since I have you on the phone, I will mention. If you go to ChristianCarGuy.com and you look at the ancestry of the Jeep Grand Cherokee, very few people realize that actually what happened was there used to be this car company called Rambler. And George Romney, which was, you know, the, the, the presidential candidate's uh, son, the, the original George Romney, he was the president of, General, of American Motors. And it used to be called Rambler. Well, in the late 60s, he changed it to American Motors. At the same time, he changed the name of the Rambler American Wagon to the Hornet. And it which later became the Sportabout wagon. And then a few years after Romney left, they said, no, we need to call this thing an Eagle. And I, many of you may remember what an Eagle station wagon looks like. Well, if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com, you'll see how this happened from a Rambler American wagon to a Hornet wagon to a Hornet Sportabout wagon to the Eagle wagon. Well, when Iacocca bought Renault, Renault was building Jeeps and Eagles in France. I mean, or there, it was a French company that owned it and Chrysler bought it in 1987. Lyacoca walks in and sees here, they have on the drawing boards, the brand new 1991 Eagle station wagon. And he says, that thing will never sell as an Eagle station wagon, but it would sell as a Jeep. And he rebadged it from an Eagle station wagon to the Jeep Grand Cherokee. And it came out in 1993. And what, no AMC dealer could sell an Eagle station. I mean, they could sell them, but not in any volume. But what they could, well, you could not keep a Grand Cherokee, a 1993 Grand Cherokee, because it was just rebadged Jeep. It had a Jeep grill on it, and away you go. And the other thing that, if you think about it for good old Iacocca, was that an Eagle station wagon sold for in the neighborhood of fourteen to $15,000. A Jeep Grand Cherokee in 1993, I know, because I was selling them, $23,000. And so a lot of automotive history happened just by rebadging and rethinking, like you're talking about with the Mustang and and all these things. So Iacocca was, in fact, a a major factor in, in the automotive scene. But there is, we still will get to what we're all talking about here. And we'll be talking about Christmas. we got a lot coming up. Andy's going to be on track with us in the next segment. Thank you for calling in, Alan. I appreciate it so much. God My bless pleasure. you. Thank you. Bless you, too. And uh, we got Anita in Greenville, and she apparently has the answer for us. Mark the 
listening to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show, sort of a Christmas trivia edition of the Christian Car Guy Show. And we're hoping to give away more of these calendars as you can call in and try to stump us with your car trivia question. And we've put a couple of them out there for people to call in with, like, what vehicle did Ricardo Matamon make famous because of its rich Corinthian leather? If you know the answer to that, or maybe you know... uh, What's another one we haven't answered yet, Jerry? The one about, uh, we got the K car, we got the vinyl tops, we got to throw some more questions out there, but we got Anita is in Greenville, South Carolina. Anita, what, what car did Ricardo Monomon make famous? Well, it was a Chrysler, it was a Brom of some kind, it was like maybe a 300 or maybe a New Yorker, but I can't remember what model. Well, the, the, but I know the it fun, was a you're right, it was a Chrysler, you're exactly yeah. right, and we're going to send you out a calendar, and the neat thing was to listen to him say it. Because he, he yeah. could say it like, because it was the Chrysler Cordoba. Yeah, Cordoba. <laughs> That's right. With rich Corinthian leather in your Cordoba. I should have remembered that. <laughs> yeah. How fun is that? I Gr- love your show, by the way. You know, my father sold Nash Ramblers in 51, around that era. You Did know? he really? He thought it was, yeah, he was a big car buff and... And the thing is, you know, um, he thought it was the best car. Remember, it looked like an upside-down bathtub. I had one of those. You had one of I did. That was my very first car. It was a 1959 <laughs> Rambler American that looked like an upside-down bathtub, and which That's is at the Grand Cherokee came from that very line. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Are you listening on AM660 down there in Greenville? Yeah, I like your show a lot. Oh, you know, thank you. I, isn't the PT Cruiser, that's on a chassis uh, from the... From the K car, right? No, actually, it had a it, that that was a PT body, uh, but it, it came out of that line. It definitely was a Chrysler. Um, well, I know, but I thought it maybe it was on a on a K car chassis. It's was close, it on a it's neon? Close. Is it on I neon? Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. It was on that, but it was a it was a kind of its own unique platform. Yeah. But that's very cool, Anita. God bless you. Well, you have a I great like day. Show. You're very cool, and I'd like I'd like to get your calendar too. Oh, we got it coming so, your way. You're in good shape. So, Thank you, Anita. Anyway, God bless. God bless you back. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> All right, we got to get on track with Andy. Uh, he is checking in with Blake Cook. Uh, let's hear from Andy. He's on track today with our NASCAR segment. Okay, guys, welcome back to the second segment of On Track with Andy. Today, I have my good friend Blake Cook on the phone. And Blake, just say hello to everybody, and let's start out with you giving us just a little bit of your background and, and how you got to where you're at and what you're actually doing right now. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me on your on your show and. I started racing the Nationwide Series in 2009, and, um, you know, I've been full-time since 2011, so I've been three years consecutively and just signed a, a deal to extend that to a fourth year. So I'm really excited and blessed for the opportunity to be a part of the sport for another year. You know, there's, a, there's only 40 spots, so to be one of those 40 guys is definitely a blessing. So um, just ended the season off with my career best race, qualifying second, finished at 11th. So it's it's a good off-season, and Looking forward to getting back to the track at Daytona. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I think you just hit a highlight, and, and you're jumping ahead of me a little bit. I, I wanted to talk about some of your most exciting <laughs> things, but but um, I happened to be there. Was in is in uh, Homestead, just south of Miami, a few weeks ago. Like you said, the end of the season, and uh, it was an interesting deal. You had um, you had an organization called Compassion International as a partner for that race. And uh, and that's actually part of what our show is about, Blake, is talking about 
different ministry aspects and organizations that get involved with NASCAR and some of the reasons for that, and then really, you know, how you help represent them and, and, and what it is that, a, that attracts them and, and a way to engage the fan base. So let's just talk a little bit about that. How did, how did you end up with that, and, and what was the role, and, and what do you do to help bring some, some awareness and visibility to them? Yeah, well, I've been with um, a part of Compassion since February, and uh, we launched Compassion Racing in April, and uh, it's just a way to promote compassion and the cause throughout the NASCAR community um, in a great way. It's something I believe in big time, and there's millions of children out there who are living in poverty that can easily be helped just by a, a simple sponsorship by a person of $38 a month. And, um, you know, for an event like Homestead, you know, there's over 100,000 people there that weekend, so you can get in front of 100,000 people it's on television in front of millions of people, and we also did a couple church appearances, too. So we went to a church called Potential Church in Fort Lauderdale, and we did um, five services there. We had the show car out front, and we got over 250 children sponsored at that at that church alone. And um, I don't wow. really know the total That's number. Fantastic. Yeah, the total number throughout the whole race weekend and the churches and everything, I'm not too sure what that number is, but I know that church alone, we did over 250. So um, the to, to think about it, I mean, that number doesn't sound like a big number, but if you line up 250 kids and say those kids' lives just got changed because of this one sponsorship, I think it's pretty incredible. Well, and I, and I think it's important for, you know, everybody knows NASCAR is a pretty big sport, right? It has a lot of visibility. It has a, it has a lot of fan base. But I think, part of, again, part of where we're trying to bring understanding to is simply because you know, you're a Christian in this sport, and you have a big platform to help promote the gospel, to help these different ministry ventures. And I think it's because of that visibility that gives you opportunities to speak to crowds, right? And I know that's something like, like, share with us a little bit. I know that you've been involved with schools, you've been involved with churches, but say why that is, right? Like, why would a church want to have you come visit there as opposed to, you know, just the, the guy that, that sits behind the desk and works at Compassion? Yeah, that's a good question, Andy. I, I really don't even know the answer. I guess it's because um, just the title of being an NASCAR driver, you know, there's not that many of them. Um, like I said, there's only between the NASCAR Nationwide Series and the Spring Cup Series, there's probably a total of 60 guys total in the world. So maybe that's just um, part of it, that it's an opportunity to meet one of those guys. But I, I feel like just another guy sitting behind the desk, you know, other than the fact that I don't sit behind a desk. <laughs> Well, but, um, that's true, and it's and that's part of your humility showing through there for for sure. But you know, you you are a role model for a lot of guys, and and uh, I think Blake, you know, there's I've seen you involved. In, in fact, I mentioned earlier to Robbie, I kind of look at you as one of the pioneers that has really brought you know large focuses of ministries to the racetrack there. And uh, you know, in addition to compassion, what are some of the other ones that you've represented in the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, part of the testimony when I speak at church is that I truly believe the only reason I'm in Africa is because God has me here for a purpose and He's going to use it to glorify Him. So, I mean, I've had some secular sponsors, and, and we've also gone after secular sponsors, but it seems like the only ones that end up on my car are, are faith-based organizations, and, and I'm cool with that. I'm fine. I mean, I'd much rather promote the Lord and what He's doing in these great ministries than something I don't believe in, so... It works out great yeah. for me, but I started out racing with GodSpeaks.com, and that was a, a ministry and an organization to 
get people to think about Ghana on a daily basis through this unique billboard campaign and then a unique NASCAR campaign where there's billboards on the side of the road that would have a saying from God. It'd be like, my way is the highway and dash God. So um, just little unique ways to get you to think about Ghana on a daily basis. And the founders of that are anonymous, so that was really cool, too. Um, then I had Daystar Television Network, which is um, a television ministry, and I was with them for, for two years. Uh, there was actually three years, so the 9, 10, 11. And uh, also, I Am Second has been a sponsor of mine for a couple races and one full season of the K&M series. Um, you know, well, I I'm thinking they're cool campaign, they're... man. I, I mean, there's plenty more. I've had uh, Christian Cinemas is an online um, online video store that promotes family-friendly Christian films. But I Am Second is really blowing up right now, too, because the whole... Um, uh, the Duck Dynasty guys just did I Am Second video, and, you know, everything that's going on with them right now. So I Am Second's blowing up big time. So um, it's a really cool Yeah, re- really hot them. topic of conversation right now, huh? So, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, Blake, listen, one of the one of the things, you know, our organization, Energized Ministries, is promoting next year and will be traveling with a lot of you guys with our Pray for Your Pastor tour and encouraging really a nation of Christians to be more actively engaged in caring and supporting their pastors. And one of the things that I see is is you and a couple of your buddies that uh, other race car drivers that are really, you know, absolutely committed to encouraging each other, to holding each other accountable. And I, and I know you have a group of four or five guys like that, but what is that like to be able to meet with them, you know, week to week around the country and just support each other and encourage each other to be able to keep using that platform as a, as a witness for Christ? And can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's great. We, we, I mean, those group of guys are definitely a big part of um, the motivation and uh, and what keeps us all going. You know, we keep each other in line and keep each other accountable. We meet, just imagine if people don't really imagine 10 to 15 drivers that are about to go compete against each other sitting in a motorhome on a race day praying together and praying for each other and talking about um, the struggles they're going through and how we can how we can help and how we can pray for each other. So it's really cool that that actually goes on and and people really don't know it or understand it. But, um, you know, we do get together off the track. There's four or five of us that will go speak at church events and share our testimonies and, and, um, just balance things off each other, but we really just live life together. And, um, it's about five or six of us that are really close, but that small group in that, that Bible study that we have on race day has grown to almost, you know, some days 15 drivers. So it's, it's really a, a blessing, and it's really encouraging to, to want to stay in the sport. Sometimes it's tough. Some years you don't have a sponsor. You don't get to race all the races. But, you know, the bottom line is it's not about that. It's about getting there every week and and um, trying to change as many lives as possible. Yeah, and, and really, guys, for, for all of you listening out there, this is this is a hard thing to explain, really, how awesome it is and what God is doing through these guys and at the racetrack and the influence they have on their peers on the track. It, it is definitely, Blake, you know, I, I, I sit back and watch that, and it's definitely not an unnoticed dynamic that's happening. And, and uh, I, for one, am really appreciative of, of, the, of the witness that you guys bring and, uh, and really the lives that are being changed. So I think, uh, Blake, just give us a real quick way. How, how can our listeners kind of keep up with you? And uh, I know that you're active in the social media world, but is there, is there a way they can kind of follow you and keep up with what's happening as, as we work towards February and getting cranked up again? Yeah, I think um, 
think Twitter's the best way, man. It's um, I used to be big into Facebook, and I still post on there a little bit, but I'm on Twitter most of the time now, and my Twitter handle is uh, Blake Cook Racing, and Cook is K-O-C-H. So at Blake Cook Racing, and just follow me on there, and you'll see what's going on the next couple of weeks leading up to Daytona. Well, that, that sounds good. We'll uh, we'll let you get back to your activities there, and uh, we'll probably check in with you again in a few weeks or in a month or two and see how your on-track activity is going. All right, sounds good. Thanks a lot for having me on, Andy. All right, have a great afternoon, and uh, for anybody else that wants to keep up with our ministry, the easiest way for us is actually Facebook. It's EnergizeMinistries.com, and uh, we'll be back at you next week with more on-track activities. Back to you, Robbie. On track with Andy. It's so cool. It really, really is, Jerry, to hear that these NASCAR drivers are meeting around the Bible and praying. It just kind of blows me away. Yeah, you think about it. I mean, what Blake is talking about, you know, it's, God has given him a platform. And that is an opportunity to go in and share share the gospel of Jesus Christ in an area that none of me, you, may not be able to do. But, you know, the the, the beautiful part of it is, God has given us all a platform, and it may be hosting radio shows and, and, and the work you do up here at the, with, with the radio station. It may be me in the body shop or at church. It can be, you know, the, the person, a, person st- you yeah, know, your people stocking are inter- groceries at, at, the, at the store, bagging groceries, whatever it may be. That's your platform. And certain people are interested in what you're interested in, and so you have a light to shine in that area where you're working and, and it's amazing to me, the people that love cars and have loved this show over the years, Jerry, and, and it's been able to provide some light into that. Well, we, we are playing a little bit of Trivia Pursuit. We wanted to, to get a little bit of what, why we're doing that is because I think it's really important when you go to buy a car to understand what's behind that car. And when you look at, at, at the previous owner of a car, you, you pull up to go look at that used car. Take a look around. Is the yard well kept? Is the people look like they're on top of things? Um, because guess what? If they, all that's well kept, their car's well kept. If they look like like everything's in line and you see the service records and all this, this is telling you volumes of of what you may be experiencing, and, and which is part of what the Bible tells us when you're looking at, at somebody's life is look around. Yeah, you know, and, and we've talked about this in the past is if you're looking at a used car, I mean – they should allow you to take that vehicle and take it to a body shop, take it to a to a, your mechanical shop, somebody you trust to look the vehicle over to make sure there isn't those hidden problems and and can also just tell you about a vehicle. I mean, now, under that vinyl know, top, yeah, there could be anything. <laughs> it could be a be the monster lurking. You never know. And, and there, there, I I get those uh, emails daily nowadays about people looking at cars and i always 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 go that could be the best 60 dollars you ever spend <laughs> is to go have it checked out but there's a lot you can learn from the previous owner the lineage of the car and those kind of things well when we come back we are going to find out who jesus's grandfather was we're going to be talking a little bit about that and this whole thirst you know as we thirst about cars and they talk about thirst about nascar how about thirsting for a little christmas wonder i've been doing that this week and we're going to share that when we come back a little christmas wonder
Love came down at Christmas, and I don't know about you, but I just thirst for the Lord this time of year, and he's all over the in so many different ways, and I'd love to just spend some time in the Christmas story and spend time in doing Christmas traditions, and, and Jerry, what we were talking about at the break, you got a, a tradition you love to go caroling with your yeah, family. you know, we do it, and fam, my family does it, wife and daughter, and and our Sunday school class, some other people from church, and you know, we, we just go and it's usually like the twenty third because it's right up on Christmas, and we spend an evening to go Christmas caroling. And to tell you the truth, that's probably the highlight of Christmas for me. I mean, because yeah, it's, it's just really touching. You look back over the years, and this time of year we'll look back, and I got a, a book that I log everything who we've gone to see and stuff, and those that have passed on, and. Uh, the legacy that they've left and just being able to go that last Christmas and, and just share a moment with them. That Christmas wonder, and it, it's certainly our prayer here at the Christian Car Guy Show, that you would find that this year, that you would thirst for it, you'd, you'd see it. And I, 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 as I mentioned, I was spending time in a Christmas story, and I, as a grandfather now to a little girl, I, I couldn't help but think about Mary's father. How, how he must have felt. And I went, hey, I bet I know, I bet I could find his name in the lineage. So you go to Luke, Luke chapter 3, and sure enough, there it is. It's Eli. It's spelled H-E-L-I. But Eli was Mary's mother. I mean, he wasn't Mary's mother. <laughs> Eli was Mary's father, uh, you know, because we have that lineage. And I want to, to read this part of the Christmas story for you as Imagining yourself as Mary's father. Imagine yourself as Eli, Eli when this happened. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel Nazareth to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled, and I would imagine you would be too, at his words, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You've found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born, to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And they said she was unable to conceive, but is it, she is in her sixth month. For no word of, the God, of God will ever fail. He was reassuring Mary that this was going to happen. And... I just want, I sit there, I can sit there and wonder about this. The Holy Spirit conceived Jesus. The, the Christmas story happened before the birth in the manger is when the Holy Spirit created shalom in Mary's womb and the, the, in this perfect completeness of this womb that had been prepared for all time. And think of Eli. What kind of man must he have been that the Lord selected him to train Mary who had to bear this phenomenal it's just there's all kinds of wonder in that in that that just blows me away jerry and i and i think about the holy spirit too that the holy spirit was there conceived jesus and then listen to where he showed up again he showed up when she went to visit her her, her relative elizabeth 
you'll see that Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, says, the baby leaped leaped in my womb. She gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is there at Jesus' baptism and goes on. And that same Holy Spirit, if you think about it, (laughs) Jerry, is here with us right now, instructing us. The one that, that... that made that happen in the womb. It's all so much Christmas wonder. It's more than I can even begin to understand. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, everybody will be gathering around the Christmas tree talking about Santa Claus opening gifts, but let's take a moment just to give praise and worship the true gift of Jesus Christ and man. The Savior, he, he was coming. And the way he came, it was so phenomenal. Well, we want to thank you all for listening to the Christian Car Guys show this week. We certainly want to thank Jerry, our Christian body shop guy, and those labor of love folks out there, free car repair labor for single moms and widows. Go to christiancarguy.com and look at that miracle. Click click on my picture and see what our TV station did, a Miracles Among Us. And remember, even though it's Christmas, you got to slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. And how about spending a time, some time just wondering this Christmas? Thanks for listening.